Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. I'm, I'm, I'm believing just for a strong move of God today. You say, but shouldn't we believe that every Sunday? Yes, I believe that every single Sunday, but there's something tangible. I was, um, I was praying last night, and I like to take um, Saturday evenings to, to walk around this auditorium and just begin to pray and ask the Lord, you know, what would you have for us? And, and I really feel there's a strong anointing uh, today as we get into this message, and, and, and I believe that the Lord wants to, to minister to us um, if you're believing for healing, it's a great day to be, to be a church today. Uh, I'm, I'm believing that a touch from heaven is going to come upon you today, whatever your, your situation is. Um, but I'm excited. It's, uh, it's the second Sunday of the new year. Come on. What a great kickoff we had last week, New Year's Eve night with the word of the Lord coming together and being able to receive that prophetic word that I know ha has, has ushered us into this new year. And I believe that, that it is just the, the launching point for what God's going to do. Uh, so many great things, I can't help but enough to encourage you to go back and get that word into your heart, get it into your spirit. Um, it's not like any other word. It's not, uh, I heard it. No, you need to keep hearing it. You need to make it one with your heart. I'm going I'm to take a minute very slowly this morning as we ease into to today, but I, wanna, I really want to take time to, to emphasize, you need to get this word into your spirit. It's got to become one. It's got to become one. Because I believe as, as the word that we heard last Saturday night becomes one with your heart, it's going to allow you to experience the greater move and the greatest move that God's going to do in your life for this year. And um, amen. Come on now. Thank you. I got one. <laughs> if there only be one. But I, but I believe it with all my heart. Um, the things that the Lord's been doing over this first week as we've been in a time of praying and, and fasting and and. And I know my, my, my wife, Pastor Aaron, had already shared already about the importance of why we're fasting. And we're going to speak to that today, by the way. Because if you forgot or you hadn't had a chance to get the word into your heart or, or if you had ears to hear when the word was given, that this first quarter, it's a positioning time. This first quarter of the year is a time that we're getting into position. But what's going to secure your position is prayer and fasting. It's prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is what's going to secure your position that as the Lord's taking you to a greater place, to a newer level, the enemy is going to try and wage war and keep you from going higher. But I'm here to tell you today that the Lord wants you to go higher. He wants us to go higher because he has greater for you. He has greater for your life. He has greater for your purpose. He has greater for our families and, and for the ministry and, and, and for every area of our life. And so it's going to require us to put a demand through prayer and fasting to secure our position. And so as we were getting into this first week and, and, and preparing and going into to, to, to the time of praying and fasting, um, I'll tell you, when you put a demand on like fasting, 
You never thought that you were hungry until you go into a time of fasting. I mean, everything starts to look good. My children's gummy vitamins looked good last night. Lord, if that could just touch my tongue. <laughs> could you just cool my, my lips with that gummy vitamin? What if I melt it and dissolve it? Does that count? <laughs> it's a liquid. But listen, here's the deal. Fasting, by the way, fasting should put a demand on your life. Fasting... It, it, it should cause you to be uncomfortable. In fact, anything that is worth fighting for, anything that's worth seeing, seeing, seeing God move in, anything that you're, you're willing to give yourself to should cause you to be uncomfortable. Right? You want to see greater gains in the gym? It's going to come with greater pains in the gym. It's, wor it's, it's worth the fight. It's going to cause you to be uncomfortable, and that's what a fasting does. But I want to say this right now, is that... When it comes to your fasting, no matter what you're choosing to fast, there's no condemnation in your fast. I'm going to help you with this. There shouldn't be condemnation in your fast, but there should be conviction in your fast. Because some people will fast different things, and it's easy for us to start having a spiritual pride thinking because I'm doing a certain thing that I'm better or I'm elevated or I'm above somebody else. And that's not the truth. The truth is, what convicts you? And so we know that there's people that are, that are fasting different things. Because I've already been asked this, Pastor, what are you fasting? My wife and I, we've chosen to go on a liquid fast. I know some people that are fasting salt and sugar. I know some people that are, that, that are doing a Daniel fast. I know some people that are fasting social media. And I know some people that are, that, that, that are fasting different things. And you say, well, 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 what's the most godly fast? Well, and there's different fasts throughout the Bible. But at the end of the day, what convicts you to get closer to God? Because if you say, well, you know, um, you know, I just think fasting TV and social media, you know, the, you know shouldn't we be fasting uh, 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 other things? And, and, and so I asked, well, what are, you what are you fasting? I heard someone say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting uh, coffee and I'm, and I'm fasting carbs. And I said, there's, there's nothing biblical about coffee and carbs in the Bible. You're not going to find anywhere where the Lord came to Jesus and said, now listen, son, if you get alone with me, don't touch the bread and don't touch the caffeine. It's amazing, though, how we begin to get super religious and it creates condemnation amongst one another. The fasting and the praying is a personal devotion between you and the Lord. It's a consecration that you're saying for a certain amount of time, I'm setting aside distractions so that I can draw close to the Lord. And so it's not about condemnation, but it is about conviction. And so if it's easy, you got to ask yourself, do I feel convicted to go further? Each year, my wife and I, we discipline ourselves and say, Lord, what would convict our hearts to draw even closer to you? It's like a spiritual muscle that you work. What you put in this year will be different next year. So maybe this year you might be fasting a certain periods of time, but maybe next year you're fasting all the time. It should be a muscle that you're working. But here's what I came to talk to you today. It's not so much about that, but the fact that there is fasting power when you set time aside before the Lord. And in fact, I want to speak to you from the subject line this morning, fasting power. Somebody say fasting power. 
Because I believe that as we're in this first part of the year, there are some things particularly that the Lord wants to do. And if we understand that the first quarter is a positioning quarter and prayer and fasting is what is necessary to lock and secure that position, then we need to know what is going to come out of that when we get into position. We need to know what is the results, what is the purpose, what is the heart of when we are coming before the Lord through a time of prayer and fasting. The Lord's put it very heavy on our hearts that in this first quarter of the year, each month, we're going to focus on things that will allow us to secure our position. So the next couple weeks, just in case if you're inquiring, we're going to continue to talk about fasting power for the next several weeks. I don't believe it's a one and done, it's an only time thing. In fact, I believe all of us each week need greater clarity, greater understanding, and greater encouragement. Because as we progress through this fast together, let me tell you, the enemy is going to try and make you feel like you're going to break down and, and make it give up and, and give out. And, and, and all of a sudden, that, that bagel bite's going to look so delicious. You went to Panera for a juice and you, you, you walked out with a bacon and egg quiche. And so the heart is that we can stay in this thing committed together because we're believing for greater breakthrough this year. I'm believing for you greater breakthrough this year. I'm believing for you greater things to take place in your life. In fact, before I stepped up this morning, Hunter just told me about a testimony about his eyes. And he's been fasting with us this past week. And he sent me a text uh, and I got it backstage and I came out here and I said, hey, you know, tell me, tell me the testimony really quick. And I'll just paraphrase it for our time frame, but he said, you're not going to believe it. He said, I went to the eye doctor this week, and uh, they were doing a checkup on my eyes, and uh, they were prescribing some new glasses. Is that correct? And he got into the car, and he felt like, I've got a decision to make. Either I'm going to continue to wear what the doctors are prescribing, or I'm going to make a decision and allow me to have the prescription of the Lord, which means I want some new eyes. And so he made that as a declaration of prayer in his heart. He's been on a time of fasting, and he said, you're not going to believe it. I woke up this morning, and I felt like there was a film on my eyes, and as I was washing my face, the film came off, and I was able to see clear. Come on. And he was telling me, he said, I was on my way to church this morning. I was able to see the words on the signs, whereas before I would need my glasses. That comes when you say, Lord, I'm putting you first through a time of prayer and fasting. Lord, I want to see differently. Not just with the eyes of my heart. I want to see with natural eyes differently. In this time of prayer and fasting, the Lord will restore your eyesight. The Lord will give you your hearing. The Lord will strengthen your body. The, blood will, the, the Lord will cure blood diseases. The, the, the Lord will begin to give you breakthrough and favor beyond measure. Fasting power. Come on, somebody say fasting power. And so we're going to share on that over these next several weeks, but I want to already just kind of, you know, whet the spiritual appetite for what's to come. In the month of February, we're going to teach and talk and preach on the, on the purpose of prayer. Month of February, we're going to talk about prayer. In fact, I already got my title together for it, Wake, Pray, Slay. That's what we're titled in February, Wake, Pray, Slay. Wake up. Get in prayer and slay the day away. Come on now. When we're a people of prayer and we're pursuing God and we have the heart of God, 
doesn't matter what giant tries to step before you, you can cut that giant down. Wake, pray, slay. So I can't wait for that. That's going to be exciting next month. But today we're talking about fasting power. I'm going to ask if you will turn with me this morning to the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Man, the Lord's just been, been, been stirring this up in my heart all week. I've been so excited to share this with you. But Daniel chapter 10, I'm going to start in verse 2. Uh, we're going to read a couple of lines this morning uh, of text that we find here, uh, beginning in verse 2. I'm reading from NIV. Uh, this passage in Daniel chapter 10. And, and before I read it, though, I, I, I want to I I make this statement as we're focusing on, on fasting power today. Is that prayer connects you to God. Hear me? Prayer connects you to God, but fasting disconnects you from the world. Prayer is what gets me connected to God, but fasting is what disconnects me from the world. And a lot of times, we seek the Lord in prayer, looking for answers, asking for the Lord to respond. But because we're still hooked up to the world, there's a lot of things that get in the way of our prayers that are being sent and the answers that are being sent back. If you've ever tried to send a, a text message before and you sent it to somebody and you know that they got it, the blue bubble popped up and underneath it it said red, so you know they got it. And you're waiting for them to respond? Like, come on, it says red. Seriously? Seriously? You read it. Respond to it. Our whole life will just, like, stop in that moment waiting. And then the three bubble dots come up. Delay, 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 delay. And the worst thing is when those three bubble dots go down. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> but there's those times, though, when you do send that message... And the receiver got the message, and the receiver went to respond to that message, but that message didn't get back to you. Maybe you've ever run into that with somebody before, and they say, I sent you the message, I promise, look at my phone, it was sent. But maybe for a moment, because you were in the wrong position, the message that was being sent back got blocked somehow. And there was an error on the sent message, and you never got it. The message was there. It was intended for you to receive. It was a response to what you were inquiring about, but it never made it to your device. A lot of times, we're sending prayers up, but when we're not in position through a time of fasting or seeking or prioritizing the presence of the Lord, God's trying to send messages back, and they're getting blocked. But I'm here to tell you that fasting power will unblock the messages, the answers, the things that God wants to bring into your life. And so prayer connects us to God, but fasting disconnects us from the world. I want to say this is that fasting, it is a physical surrender that brings about a spiritual release. It's a physical surrender, and there are things in life that the Lord wants us to surrender physically that can only bring about a supernatural response, a supernatural reply. If you remember in the Bible when the Israelites, they were, they, were, they, they were going to war, and the Lord told Moses, as long as your arms are lifted up, the battle is yours, the victory is yours. As long as you are in a physical obedience, there will be a supernatural response that will be released. 
And so what happened as Moses' arms started to get tired, he had a call for Aaron and her to help lift up his arms. See, that's the powerful thing about fasting is while we're seeking the Lord personally, we get to do it corporately, allowing ourselves to hold each other's arms up so that we can continue to see the victory of the Lord in every area of our life. It requires a physical surrender that will bring about a spiritual release, a physical surrender that will bring a spiritual breakthrough, a physical surrender that will bring a spiritual blessing, a physical surrender that will bring a spiritual favor, a physical surrender that will bring a spiritual healing. It requires a surrender. And the enemy knows if I can keep my people or keep God's people from surrendering to the Lord, I can keep them held captive and, and hostage, and they'll never go higher, and they'll never see greater. But we find out in this passage this morning in Daniel chapter 10, that Daniel is seeking the Lord, and something incredible takes place. So we find out in verse 2, the passage goes as this, in those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. He was on a 21-day fast. He says, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded in the gold of Euphaz, and his body was like beryl, and his face was like the appearance of lightning, his eyes torches of fire, his arms and feet was like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words was like the voice of a multitude. Daniel was on a three-week fast, 21 days. The Bible said that he ate nothing, and, 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 and he set himself before the, before the Lord, and for three weeks... Much as many of us are doing for, for, for 21 days and for these next three weeks, for this, for this short period of time, we, we, we postured ourselves to get before the Lord. And watch what happens in verse 11 of this passage. The angel of the Lord that he encountered, because that's who, who he encountered in this moment, responds and says this. And he said to me, oh Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. And stand upright, for now I have been sent to you while I was speaking, or, 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 or he says, while he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. Now watch this, verse 12. Here's where I want us to lean in. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. I have come because of your words. I want to read one more line, verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I had left alone there the kings of Persia. Say, what does that mean, Pastor? Daniel, for three weeks, came before the Lord in a time of fasting and prayer. And as his prayers were released, it made its way to the messenger. And I want to help you out with this this morning, is that the Bible talks about 
that there are three archangels in the Bible. There's Gabriel, there's Michael, and there's Lucifer. Lucifer was the one that rebelled against God, and that's who we know today as Satan, as the devil, as our enemy. But there's two other angels, archangels. There is Gabriel, who's the messenger, and Michael, who's the warring angel. That when the enemy tries to rise up against you, you've got angelic beings, angelic uh, authorities that are with you fighting the battles on behalf of you. Let me tell you this, is that God has assigned angels in every corner of your life to help you, to be with you. In fact, when Jesus was in his last moments before he was arrested in the garden and he got before the Lord and he said, I don't know if I can take this on, God. He said, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will. It says in the book of Luke that there was ministering angels that came and encouraged him and refreshed him and revived him so that he could finish the mission. And I'm here to tell you, no matter where you are at in life, that there are angelic beings that are warring on behalf of your purpose, that are warring on behalf of your calling, so that you can be greater. Because God believes that you can be greater. And he would not set you up for failure. He's only going to set you up for success. And so we find out here that, 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 that as, as Daniel, he's praying, Gabriel says that your prayers... Oh, they came to me, but I want you to know is that for 21 days, your prayers were held up because the kingdom of darkness was trying to keep me from getting to you. The kingdom of darkness was trying to keep that message to be sent to you, was trying to keep that answer from, 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 from you being able to receive it. He, he, was, he was trying to hold it up, but Michael came on your behalf. The warring angel came on your behalf so that I could get this answer, I could get this message, I could get this to you so that you would know that I've heard your prayers, I'm responding to your prayers, and I'll be faithful to your prayers. But it wasn't just because Daniel prayed, it was because he was willing to fast. Somebody say, fast. And so what we find out here is that as the angel in verse 12 comes to him, he says this. He says, from the first day that you set your heart to understand, humble yourself before God, your words were heard. I want to give you just three keys to unlock fasting power today. Three keys to unlock fasting power today. The first one in which I read was that Daniel was willing from the very beginning to set his heart to understand. You need to position your heart to understand. You need to position your heart to understand. If you want to see the power of God be released in your life during this time of fasting and prayer, you have to have a heart to understand. The other night on our first Wednesday... Uh, my wife preached about the fact that in Psalms 51, the psalmist David, he says, Make a clean heart in me, O Lord. Make a clean heart in me, O God. And remove not your Holy Spirit. Don't take your presence from my life. Make a clean heart in me. In 2023, Lord, give us a clean heart. Every offense, every frustration, everything that would cause us to feel discouraged, everything that would cause us to be closed-minded, everything that would cause us to feel like that we can't have a greater year. Father, make a clean heart in me. Give me a, give me a pure heart, God. God wants you to have a clean heart. And this year you got to examine yourself over this time of the fast. What is it that needs to get cleaned out? 
God wants to flow some fresh and new things in, but he wants to flow into a clean place. God wants to release things into a, to a clean heart. Not to a heart that's holding on to what was. Not to a heart that's holding on to the past. Not to a, to, to a heart that is hoping that, that, that things will go back to the way they are. No, 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 I'm sorry. We're in a different season. We're in a different age. We're in a different year and a different time. And behold, the Lord wants to do a new thing. He's going to spring it up. Do you not see it? But most of us don't see it because we still have contaminated hearts. Because he says... Out of the heart flows the issues of life. Out of the heart is the starting place of life. And God can't start a new thing as long as you're still holding on to old things. So God, I want you to do something new in this season. But God's saying, when are you going to let go of the prior season? Some of y'all still have your foot straddled into 2022 hoping you can bring things into it. God's saying, no, no longer consider, no longer dwell on the past. Behold, today I'm doing a new thing. God, make a clean heart in me that I can get in position this year. Let there not be one thing that would separate me. Now hear me on this. Let there not be one thing that would separate me from your presence. Let me prioritize coming before you and allowing my heart to be cleaned and washed in your word. Allow this time as I'm in fasting to be one with your presence. Allow this time as I'm coming before you to take out every bit of junk, every bit of heartache, every bit of frustration so that, Lord, you can do a new thing. God's not going to plant new seeds in contaminated soil. Lord, let the soil of my heart be fresh, be pure, be clean, that what you want to plant inside of me will produce good fruit. This year, God wants to produce good fruit into your life, greater fruit into your life. So you've got to position your heart to understand. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 says this, Paul writing, he says, let the eyes of our heart be filled with light that we might see the hope and calling that's in Christ Jesus. It's hard to see your calling and your purpose in Christ when you're allowing the world to be the priority of your heart. You'll never see the true hope. You'll, you might touch it, you might have a glimpse of it, you might have, a, ha, have just a, a little idea of it, but you'll never fully be able to take ownership of it. So I thought ownership was in 2022. No, ownership's a lifestyle, by the way. You don't stop taking ownership because it's a new year. You continue to take ownership by getting before the Lord and saying, God, I take ownership of my heart. Make a clean heart in me. Let your light flood my heart so that I can see the call, that I can see the purpose, that I can see greater and greater and greater this year. You need to position your heart to understand. Why? Because when I position my heart to understand, it's going to require me to have a clean heart a quiet heart, and an open heart. If I'm going to position my heart to understand, it's going to cause me to have a clean heart, which we talked about, a quiet heart. Fasting, by the way, quiets the heart so that you can hear the voice of God. Fasting quiets your heart so that you can hear the voice of God. That's why it's so important in a time of fasting that you are getting alone before the Lord. The greatest miracles through the life of Jesus' ministry was the result that he just came from being alone with the Lord. you got to get alone with the Lord. Fasting is not you going on a diet for three weeks to lose all your holiday weight from four weeks of December. You're not going on a diet. It's you saying... 
Lord, I'm getting alone with you because by me not eating or me fasting different things in my life, it's allowing me to get close to you because fasting draws us close to God so that God can begin to fill us up. So that God can begin to fill my heart up with the good things, but it's not going to happen until you quiet the heart. That's why you have to turn off media and turn off TV and turn off people, by the way. Yeah, that dinner date can wait for a couple of weeks. That, that, that hangout can wait for, for, for a moment because if you're not careful, you won't have your heart be able to be quiet before the Lord because you're getting so much noise from everything that's around you. And Jesus understood this. He understood this because he knew as the son of God humbled in man, I got to get quiet. I got to get before the Lord because in my flesh, I will grow weak, but in his presence, I will grow strong. You got to quiet the heart. Fasting, it quiets you. You know why? Because you're not chewing your food. Some of y'all chew really loud. Some of y'all chew gum really loud. I hear it in service sometimes. Lord bless me and keep me. May his grace shut your mouth so I can keep praising you. Right? Fasting. Yeah, quiet your mouth down. Catch this. This is an interesting fact. When you eat, it takes six to seven hours for you to process and digest your food. Say, so why are you telling me that? Because as your food's digesting, all your energy, your focus, and your brain power goes towards getting that food processed and digested, which means you don't have a greater focus for what you need to do. That's why it's important that if you're preparing to do something big, don't go and have a steak lunch. Think about it. When you go in your day and you eat a big, big, big lunch, you feel lethargic and tired and you're less productive in the latter part of your day than you are in the start of your day. Because it takes your focus away. The Lord wants us to be focused over this period of time like never before. And when I can silence my surroundings, food, people, places, posture myself to get before the Lord, and I get before God, then all of a sudden out of the intimacy will release his supremacy. Out of being intimate with God, the power of the king will rule my heart, he'll rule my life, he'll rule my purpose, he'll rule my call, but it's when I'm intimate, shutting everything out. Matthew 6, 6 says, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father. He's making it personal. He didn't say, when we go into the room, no, on your fasting, it's you before the Lord. When you go into your room, you shut the door, Pray to your father who's in the secret place and your father sees in secret and will reward you openly. He'll reward you openly because you were willing to get quiet, get to an intimate place, draw close to him. When we position our heart to understand, we got to have a clean heart. We have to have a quiet heart. We have to have an open heart. The Bible says this, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of 
whose heart, look at that, is loyal to him. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Now, if I don't get any further in this teaching this morning, I'm going to keep it right here. Because we've got two more weeks of getting into this passage. I thought for the longest time that the eyes of the Lord running to and fro is that the eyes of God was looking for those who had loyal hearts in which he could release his power and his glory. That the Lord was looking for those. And the Lord, in this passage, arrested my heart and showed me differently because God's not looking, by the way. God's not looking for people. God's not, God doesn't need to look. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. So why would God need to look for someone? You said, but, but, but in the book of Samuel, the prophet said, you know, the Lord is, is seeking for, for a man after his own heart. The word seeking is not looking, it's secured. That God has secured a man after his own heart. That God already had someone in the bag when someone was being unfaithful and disobedient. So don't think that you're too, too, too good and too, oh, God's only got me. No, 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 no. Because if you walk in disobedience, God's already got someone else that's secured that will walk in obedience to carry out his purpose in this earth. So God's not, God, God wasn't looking for David. God had already secured David. You say, but, but doesn't it say in the book of John chapter 4, verse, verse 23, that, that those that worship the Lord in, in spirit and truth, God is looking for, 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 for those? He's not looking for people to worship in spirit and truth. The word looking means that he's required us to worship in spirit and in truth. The requirement, true worship, is found in spirit and in truth. Not in emotionalism. Not in sensationalism. Not when everybody is all hyped and loud. No, true worship is when I'm quiet before the Lord and I'm in his presence and I'm one with his spirit that the truth and the trueness of my heart and his heart is one. That's the requirement for God to receive true worship. So he's not looking for worshipers. He's requiring worshipers, spirit and in truth. Yeah, but Genesis chapter 3, didn't it say that, that when, when Adam and Eve, they sinned and, 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 and after they partook of the, the fruit that they weren't supposed to eat, that God was looking for Adam in the garden? Adam, where are you? No, he didn't need to figure out where Adam was. The actual phrase of that is, Adam, what are you doing? My daughter, she's at this age where she can get dressed on her own now. And so I say, say it, go to your bedroom. Pick out whatever dress you want to pick out. Pick out whatever shoes you want to pick out. And she's at this age where she likes to linger. Because she's trying on different things. She's making sure that her shoes look right with her dress. And her dress looks good with... And I don't know who she got that from. But... <laughs> I got it from one of you. So... Saturday nights, Pastor Kathy would put on her dress and her jewelry, full makeup, everything, and go into my dad and be like, so what do you think? What do you think? Every Saturday night, I put on everything that I'm going to wear, and I walk in, and I say, hey, baby, what do you think? What do you think? And if she gives me like an eye, like a quickly dismissive eye, I'm like, well, you just don't know trend. I'm going to wear what I'm going to wear.
My heart becomes hard. It's no longer in position to understand. <laughs> Make a clean heart in me, Lord. But the idea is this, is that my daughter, she'll go for, for a period of time. Right? Do I need to look for her? No. Is she in plain sight? No. Is she missing? No. Saya, where are you? In other words, Saya, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? God is saying, church, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? God wasn't looking for Adam. God was asking Adam, what are you doing? And the problem was, is that Adam forewent his first love, which was the father, for food, for fruit. He put fruit and food before the father. And any time you put food and fruit before the father, you're going to remove yourself from his presence. And I'm not just talking about edible food that goes into your body. Anything that your life feasts on will separate you from God. And what happens is this. Whatever you fill yourself up with is where you'll find yourself hiding in. And Adam filled himself up with fruit that he should have never touched. And so when God said, what are you doing? He saw him sewn up in fig leaves covering his body. Adam was hiding in creation rather than the creator. And there's a lot of us this year that if we don't set a priority to pray and fast, we'll find ourselves going through another year hiding in creation rather than the creator. But when you can find yourself feasting on the food, on the word of God, and allow that to fill your heart, you'll begin to see your life found in the creator. The parable of the lost son. He wanted what he could get from his father. He wanted money. He wanted power. He wanted to be able to go and do his thing. So he said, Dad, fill me up with what I can get from you. And where did he find himself? In the world. Living a riotous life, a prodigal life, a messed up life. Because he no longer prioritized the father. He prioritized what he could get from the father. And there's a lot of Christians that just want what they can get from God rather than getting to know God in the nature of God, and what God can really do in your life. we got to be careful this year. Because the Lord is not looking, the Lord is waiting. I said he's waiting. The Bible says in that passage, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. It doesn't mean he's looking. I love this. I did a research on this passage. It means this, the eyes of God... It means the fountain of God. The eyes in the Old Testament was the springs in the desert that would begin to release water. Springs in a desert, that doesn't make any sense. Well, God never makes any sense, but God will still do a new thing. What does he say? I will give you a way out of the wilderness, and I will give you streams and springs of life in your desert. The eyes is springs. It's a fountain. It's a starting place. So it means the fountain of God will go to and fro. Well, what's to and fro it means to move quickly. The fountain of God will move quickly to show how strong he is in the earth on behalf of whose hearts are full of him. Fasting power, when I'm fasting before the Lord, it will allow me to be full of the presence and power of God, which means that God's fountain of life will flow quickly. 
And over these weeks that we're in together, watch how God moves rapidly and quickly in every area of your life because you are willing to put aside the world. You're willing to put aside the junk. You're willing to put aside the distractions. You're willing to get postured before the Lord. And you say, God, I consecrate myself to you because I want to see the power of God move in my life. The fountain of God will move quickly throughout the earth to show how strong he is on behalf of those who are full of him. God, I want to be full of you this year in 2023. God, I want to see a greater dimension of your power, in your glory, in your presence, in my life, in my family. God, I want to see it in my purpose. I'm making this my declaration this morning. You can make your own declaration. Father, I thank you for it over my son and over my daughter. Lord, I declare it over my life financially. I declare it over my life physically. I declare it over my life spiritually. I declare it over my life everywhere that I step foot. A greater dimension of your glory, Father, that we will see our world reached with life, that our communities will come to God, that miracles will fall from heaven like never before, that we will see the greatest season of the church right here and right now. Lord, let your fountain flow. Let your fountain flow this year. It's so important that God flows into our life. It's like this. It's like God's like a 50,000 gallon water tank. It's a big tank. Filled with miracles and provision and breakthrough and favor. It's filled with all these things that we want to see God flow into our life. How do I get what's inside that tank into me? God needs some spiritual pipes. God needs to get a, get a spiritual pipe hooked up to him. I need a spiritual pipe hooked up to God so that he can flow into my life. But I'm not talking about like some little, little tiny one, two, three inch pipe. That's a lot of us because, because we, don't, we don't take time to really get before the Lord and, and really get, 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 get hooked up to him. We're just like a little pipe that the Lord's trying to release out of that big tank. But it ain't flowing at capacity. And when we don't have a clean heart, there's blockage in the way. And when we don't have a heart to understand, then confusion will slow the process down. And, 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 and when we're not quieted before the Lord, then the things that God wants to release in, into our life... He's trying to flow it, but it's getting stopped up. It's getting stopped up. It's getting stopped up. It's getting stopped up. And it's interesting. You ever hear a stopped up pipe before? What does it do? It makes a nasty whistling sound, right? It's noisy. It's a pain. It doesn't sound good. It squeaks. That's what we sound like as the church when we're not truly connected to God with a clean heart, a postured heart, an understanding heart. We make a lot of noise, but we're not seeing much power flow into our life. And God's saying you need to clear the blockage. You need to clean it out. you got to get those pipes cleared out because I'm about to release something. But here's the thing. God doesn't want you to be a little two-inch pipe hooked up to him. He wants you to be a big old 15, 20-inch round pipe hooked up to him clear so that the blessings of the Lord can begin to flow into your life. Fasting allows God to flow into your life in a greater dimension, in a greater level. In a greater way. So I got to have a heart to understand. I want to quickly get through this this morning. The next thing is this that, that Daniel did. Not only did he have a heart to understand, but he had a heart that was humbled before the Lord. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 says this. I beseech you brothers now therefore to present yourself as a living sacrifice. 
holy and acceptable before God. Verse 2, don't conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. A lot of times we like focusing on verse 2, which is, God, I'm not going to conform to the world system. I'm going to renew my mind today. But how do I renew my mind and not conform to the way of the world system when I live my life? Sacrificially and surrender every day. You want to go higher, it starts when you go lower. You want to go higher in Jesus, it starts when you go lower and humble yourself and say, Lord, it's by you and you alone. It's not by my might, it's not by my, by, by my power, but by your presence, your spirit. It's your spirit, God. So if you want to go higher, the key is you starting lower and getting to the feet of Jesus every day. Not on Sundays, not when it's convenient, not when your favorite radio hit moved your heart. It's every day I'm saying, Lord, I've postured myself that I'm seeking you. I'm before you. I'm surrendering myself to you. That's the key to change, by the way. We talked about the fact that in the second quarter is going to be a season for change. You're not going to change what you don't surrender. God's not going to bring a change in your life what you're not willing to surrender out of your life. Can't have your cake and eat it too. He will not bring change in your life. You can pray it. You can ask for it. You can get, a, get spiritually and emotionally high about it. But you will not change what you are not willing to surrender. You will not see it. But when I'm willing to surrender, when I'm willing to get before the Lord and humble myself. Second Chronicles says this, chapter 7, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray. I love that this scripture, by the way, comes out every time we want to hold a big national prayer meeting. God, forgive our sins and, and heal our land. That's true. It's powerful. I love it. I believe that. Anytime we can come together as a community, as a city, as a state, as a nation, let's declare this. But God was speaking specifically to Solomon on this, and he said this, Solomon, you just gave the biggest sacrifice noted in the Bible. You just gave a big seed offering. I want to bless you for it. But the key for you to be able to experience that blessing is keep your heart towards me. Some of us, we came in on New Year's Eve night, yes, I sowed a seed in faith. And then you stepped into this week and you didn't prioritize putting God first. How are you going to see the blessing? How are you going to see the greater blessing? Now, God will honor the seeds that are sown because the Bible says whatsoever a man soweth, he shall also reap. But guess what? There are dimensions to what you can reap, some 30, 60, and 100 fold. I want full capacity, and full capacity is not just me sowing a seed, but now me getting low before the Lord and saying, God, I put you first, that every day I declare your goodness, your faithfulness. Every day, Father, I allow my heart to be one with yours, that I can carry out your calling and purpose into this earth. If my people would humble themselves and pray, Get rid of their wicked ways, surrender their heart, not conform to the world, but be transformed. A new mindset, a new heart. The Lord says that he will forgive the sins and heal the land. God, this year in 2023, let there be healing in the land. Let there be healing in hearts and healing in minds. Healing in your natural bodies today. I don't know what you came in need of. Healing, Father. Let there be healing that rests. Let the weight of your glory, God. Let the weight of your glory fall upon us, God. Healing into the house today in the mighty name of Jesus. So you've got to have a heart to understand. You have to humble yourself before God. And last but certainly not least, you have to pray. Fasting is not just going on a spiritual diet. It's taking that time and saying, Lord, I'm going to pray. And Daniel prayed. He came before the Lord. He 
humbled himself. To show you to the degree that he humbled himself, by the way, didn't mean that he just <laughs> went without food for 21 days. We were talking about this this week in the office. I said, you got to note the text that it says. It says he ate no pleasant food, meat or wine came in his mouth, nor did he anoint himself at all. In other words, brother didn't bathe for three weeks. I mean, talk about devoted. That's a commitment. It's your conviction, not mine. I don't feel convicted to go three weeks without bathing. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't even have one of those high school locker room showers. Y'all know what those are? Y'all know what those are? It's when you grab a can of Axe body spray after you just ran a mile at physical education and you just spray yourself down like a nasty aerosol can in the classroom. He didn't even do that. He said, Lord, I'm setting my priority this year. I'm setting a priority. I'm setting a standard. I need an answer from you, God. I need an answer from you. I'm in position, and I need a response. We're in position. We need a response. The response is there. But we need the, spot, the response to make its way here. God's holding this thing up. And he's saying, man, I've heard it. The angel said, Daniel, I got your message. I was held up. But you're fasting and you're praying. Man, it allowed me to break through and get to you with this word. It allowed me to get to you. God's looking for people that can pray. Fast and pray. Watch this now. Fasting affects time so your prayers can affect eternity. Fasting is a moment in time so that when I pray I can affect eternity. Fasting is on in a moment when your son or your daughter isn't living for the Lord that you get before God in a moment of time and that as you speak your prayers and declare your prayers and the Lord hears your prayers their life will be altered and changed for eternity because you called them into the kingdom of God. Fasting is for a moment of time, but your prayers, they're for eternity. This year, it might be challenging, it might be uncomfortable, it might be difficult, but it's a moment in time that will allow the things that are on your heart to stretch out for eternity. What is it that's been locked up for so long that this year God could release into your life? What is it that you've been waiting on for so long but this year it can begin to be manifested into your life? Is it a financial breakthrough? Is it a healing? Is it a loved one to be saved? Is it just not feeling so overwhelmed anymore that you just are walking with the peace of God and the assurance of God because now you've allowed yourself to get close to Him? I close with this last story out of the Bible, but in the book of Esther, there was a legislation that was passed that God's people, that the, that the nation of Israel or the Jews were all to be killed, complete genocide, all to be wiped out. But God rose up 
or raised up one woman by the name of Esther. Esther was God's chosen vessel. Esther was positioned so that God could use her to bring about the greatest move in that time, in that season. And when this, this, this decision was made that her people were all going to be killed and wiped out, she says, can my people fast for three days? And she tells Mordecai, her, 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 her stepfather, so to speak, at the time, and says, go tell the people to fast. Go tell them to get before the Lord, and I myself and my maidservants, we're going to fast for three days. And she says this, and she says, and when I come before the king, if I perish, I perish. In other words, whatever happens is going to happen. But I know this, when I get before the Lord, something is going to happen. And it's going to be a spiritual happening. It's going to be a spiritual breakthrough. It's going to be a spiritual deliverance. It's going to be a spiritual favor. It's going to be a spiritual release because I was willing to have a physical surrender. And for three days, her and the people, the people, it wasn't just her alone. The people, my goodness, what would happen if we could all get our spiritual pipes hooked up to God? What could happen this year in South Florida? What could happen in our city? What could happen in our nation when the people of God humble themselves, fast, get connected to God, speak and declare the word of God? What could happen this year? I can tell you what will happen. More people will come to know Christ. Our communities will be transformed. Healing and miracles and breakthrough will take place. Our lives will not be the same because God is raising up his church. He's raising up his church right now. So the question is, do you want fasting power in your life? Or do you want feasting pleasure? Do you want fasting power? Or do you want feasting pleasure? Is your passion greater for pleasure than it is for purpose? Is your passion greater for pleasure than it is for promise? Is your passion greater for pleasure than it is for praise? Is your passion greater for pleasure than it is for prayer? Prayer is not flashy. Prayer is not exciting. So I always laugh. Whenever we have prayer gatherings, you don't have many people. You know why? Because it's not flashy. It's not exciting. It's not this bit. No, it's personal is what it is. Is my passion greater for pleasure than it is to be personally intimate with my creator, to hide myself in the one who gave me life, the one who gave me breath? I charge you this year, fasting power is when you prioritize the presence of God over the pleasures and the things of this world. Where is your heart, Daniel? Your heart was to me. So I can't hold my word up to get from you. I'm not going to keep my word from you. Daniel, your heart was for me. I had to get my word to you. Church, when your heart is for him, his word's going to make its way into your heart and you're going to know. You're going to know, you're going to see, you're going to walk, you're going to experience the things that you're believing for this year. Father, do greater in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, 
please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.